1: Michael Reid on, on LMFM. FM. Friday morning, the 16th of October. Good morning. With much debate and discussion from now till 11 a.m. This is Michael Reid on LMFM. Less than a fortnight ago, NEF had recommended putting all of the country at level five COVID restrictions to stop the virus from getting out of control. Government disregarded that recommendation.
0: You could say the infection has added at least 50% in the last seven days. It is close to doubled in the 10 days since the beginning of last week.
1: The decision to ignore the public health advice has resulted in the virus taking hold. The government was wrong. The virus has doubled in less than a week and the challenge we all now face is very great. It's clear that the disease is not in control. There seems no
0: choice. We have to act. If we fail to reduce transmission now, we're on track to see 1,800 to 2,500 cases a day and over 400 people in the hospital by the end of this month.
1: Already out of control and growing. We're looking at over a thousand
0: cases a day and a reproduction number of 1.4.
1: That's really dangerous. But there is a very clear message, the same old message, if you like. We all have a part to play in
0: this. The government, as I've said before, is not going to wash your hands for you. It's not going to wipe your nose. You need to take on that responsibility for yourself.
1: The CMO, Dr Tony Houlihan and uh, Professor Philip Nolan in uh, those clips uh, speaking at uh, the Neffed Press briefing last night. Now let's uh, talk uh, to Dr Mary Scully, a GP with uh, the Abbey House Medical Centre in Navan. Good morning to you, Dr Scully, and thanks uh, for joining us. It's a couple of weeks, actually, since I last spoke to you uh, on the programme. And back then, County Meath had this uh, virus pretty much under control, or at least it, it, it wasn't at risk the way other parts of the country were at risk. Then how that has turned on its head, Mead now one of the hotspots in the country for COVID-19. Only two counties in the country, namely Cork and Dublin, have had more new cases over the past 14 days, with Dublin recording. Uh, 2,615 cases, 1,261 cases in Cork, and 694 cases over the past fortnight in County Meath. The rate of prevalence, all the more worrying. More cases, it has to be said, in County Meath than Donegal, uh, than in Cavan and in Monaghan, which are all at level five. Uh, but the rate of prevalence now at 355.8 per 100,000 of population. It's the third highest rate of population. Uh, rate of incidence uh, per population in the country coming after Cavan and Donegal. A lot to be
2: concerned about locally. Absolutely, Michael. Good morning. Um, yes, we're third highest, and by rights, we should be on level four restrictions as well because we're actually higher than Monon, which is. So, you know, cases are rising rapidly in Leeds. We had 123 yesterday and 185 the day before. So, definitely, Leeds is turning into somewhat of a hotspot, as you say.
1: What happened? Uh,
2: Well, (laughs) uh, I'm in contact with a lot of my colleagues and GPs in the North East. We have a subgroup like everybody else does. And, you know, there's a number of factors that are going on. Um, First of all, it's family gatherings, it's weddings, it's uh, going to the pub after GAA matches, which is a big thing. Um, All the club matches had loads of people not self-isolating or not socially distancing and heading off for parties and celebrations or condolences depending on their results, uh, and it does bring forward the question as to what about the GAA Alliance League matches that are about to start tomorrow, you know, that, I would think the GAA will have to have a little think about that. But also, there's a number of things that people are doing, um, you know, and they're just not following the guidance. For example, um, they're not self-isolating when they have symptoms. They say, oh, it's only a cold, it's only my cough that I get this time of year. They're not bringing in their GP, and not self-isolating. They're not turning up for tests when they're asked to, uh, if they're contact. We have household contacts of positive cases that are heading off to work. Um, or if they get tests and it's negative, they say, oh, that's grand, I don't need to self-restrict anymore. Um, whereas they do. Um, and, you know, people who are waiting for test results, heading off to visit family or friends while they're waiting for their test results. So all this type of behaviour is part of the reason why we're seeing big increases in numbers.
1: And are you seeing increases in uh, the number of people presenting at your practice?
2: Yes, we are. We have had a big increase in numbers presenting for uh, testing um, in the last um, sort of two weeks or so. And we have increasing numbers in our practice um, being positive as well. I would say not as much possibly as in other areas of need First Mead seems to be getting a lot, uh, ripose, Ashburn, Dunchokson, also Trim, uh, and Enfield Um, are seeing a lot of cases as well, according
1: to my colleagues. Right. uh, I think the message from Neffet uh, was clear last night that when the government didn't move the country to level five as it recommended close on two weeks ago, the upshot has been a significant increase in cases, 50% uh, in the first week and doubling over the course of uh, the 12 days or so since that recommendation was made. Uh, We continue uh, to be in this situation we're at level 3 in terms of County Meath where the rate of prevalence, as you say is higher than it is of Monaghan and it, it appears from government that that's going to continue to be the case for at least another week Do you believe that that's a mistake?
2: I think it's a mistake I think it was a mistake for the government not to have acted on method advice in the first instance and had a period of level 5 restrictions um, and I think, you know it's going to have to happen sooner rather than, uh, you know Sooner or later, and I think sooner is better than later. Um, I believe the cabinet are not meeting today, so there's not going to be any more directives today, and then that things is on to next week, um, and cases are only going to rise in the meantime. And we're only in mid-October. In normal winter periods, um, we often have you know huge numbers mm. on trolleys and appearing at hospitals with a respiratory infections. Usually much later into the winter, November, December, January, February. Never this early. So it's going to put huge pressure on
1: the hospital. Well, yeah, there's no doubt about that if it continues. uh, And that is a caveat uh, because it doesn't have to continue. We can take steps uh, as a state uh, to limit uh, the spread of uh, the virus uh, through restrictions, or we can all do our part, as I said at the opening of uh, the programme today. Is your advice to people to act as if we're in level five?
2: Yes. Absolutely. We should be acting as a level five, um, limiting social contact as much as possible, uh, but also behaving responsibly in terms of, you know, reporting symptoms, um, you know, household contact, not heading off for work. Um, you know, somebody, one of my colleagues recorded um, that um, her son was, uh, you know, a, a contact of somebody who was at work with him, and it turned out that his contact's mother was positive and his workmate then turned positive, putting his entire workforce at risk because he had gone to work uh, when he was a household contact um, and then later tested positive. So, you know, we have to behave responsibly um, and follow the guidelines in terms of self-isolation and you know restriction, and even if a household contact tests negative in the first instance, mm. it still doesn't get them out of the self-restrictive period for 14 days after uh, someone in their household tests positive. Which a lot of people seem to think that they get out of jail card, mm. which where it is not.
1: Okay, you mentioned your concern about uh, the impact it'll have on other services, on diagnosing and treating other ailments, ailments other than COVID, normal sickness, if you like, uh, and your concern uh, is not unique. Here's uh, the head of the HSE, Paul Reid, speaking about this yesterday.
2: Yeah, well, I make the point very strongly to the public that there is a point at which if the community transmission just becomes so overwhelming, the capacity of all our systems as staying over gets hugely tre- stretched. And that means our hospital systems, that means our ICU systems, that means our testing and tracing uh, uh, systems. So we really have to put a big urgency behind our big line of defense, which is the public. That's the one that can turn this trend around. More testing capacity, more ICU beds, more hospital beds doesn't turn the trend around. Public engagement, public support, public compliance with the measures is what turns this around.
1: The HSE CEO Paul Reid and just to emphasise what you've been saying Dr Scully we'll hear what Dr Tony Houlin has to say about this.
0: It is a concerning situation we face now and we were concerned about the situation as you know uh, uh, all the way through what we were experiencing back in March and April. You mentioned the health services there I think there's a specific consideration that we have in our objectives, if you like, um, and while our objective overall is to protect the health of the public as much as possible, we don't want people picking up this infection. We don't want them requiring hospitalisation or requiring admission to intensive care. But that does happen for some people, and the more people who pick up this infection, the more of that that we will see. Um, a key difference is that in, 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 in recent months, the HSE has done a really good job in re-establishing all of the healthcare services that are not about COVID. So you're, all of the urgent and elective activity, much of that has resumed. Uh, and what we want to do is to maintain and preserve that, because that's critical To And the question has been raised as to whether we might think about other health considerations or have any regard to wider health. I mean, we're absolutely concerned that we've had to, uh, for substantial periods of the year this year already, switch off, if I can put it that way, much of our routine health services for ordinary, everyday health care requirements.
1: And if you switch off those routine services, as Doctor Houlihan put it, uh, Doctor Scully, you're in real trouble, aren't you? Because uh, whilst uh, you might get treated for COVID, uh, the other side of it is you could end up dying of cancer or from a heart attack.
2: Yeah, this is the problem. You know, if the hospital services are going to be overwhelmed, and it's much more likely that they they will be in the in the winter period than they would have been um, in the first wave, which was spring into summer. Um, winter is a very different category and um, and you know, you've got all the usual problems that um appear in the winter, um respiratory infections, pneumonias, um, you know, and you know, where are they all going to go if all of the hospitals are being clogged up with COVID patients um, and the ICUs are full of COVID patients? You know, anybody that has a heart attack won't get in. Anybody that has had a stroke, anybody that's been in a car accident with injuries um, you know, all those people, um, you know, are going to find that there's no room at the end for them because, you know, ICUs and hospital beds are, are full of COVID patients. You know, and like ordinary illnesses don't go away just mm. because we have COVID.
1: The latest from advice from government uh, I find very confusing. Uh, I'm not sure if you can make sense of it. Uh, but one of uh, the questions uh, that uh, people have been asking me is... Why is it I can't go and visit my mother, but I can ring my mother and say, well, why don't we meet down the pub? The whole lot of us will get three tables of five and 15 of us will meet down in the pub.
2: Oh, you know, really, this sort of question sort of drives me insane. You know, why people cannot understand that they should not be meeting in groups of 15 down the pub, uh, when but but, but you're allowed to.
1: I mean, this is that's not people's fault. That that's.
2: I know, I know, and that's and that's why I think we have. to... And
1: is there really any home. harm in meeting your mother in her garden, or you know, doing all the things, wearing a face mask, and making sure that you keep well apart in her living room?
2: If you were wearing a face mask and you were two meters distance, um, and in the garden especially with mm. ventilation. Um, that's probably the, the the least risky thing that you can be doing. But sitting all in a family, big family mm. group in a pub of 15 people, um, sitting you know at tables together, that yeah. is risky behaviour. Well,
1: three separate tables, I, I think, would be the advice you're allowed. Separate tables of six and that sort of thing. But I, I mean, I, I think the point that I'm trying to make to you is that the messaging from government is simply wrong.
2: Yeah, you see, I mean, the government are in a little bit of between a rock and a hard place in terms of, economy. They're going to get, you know, battered from all sides, from businesses, mm. from the pubs, from the hospitality industry, from everywhere that wants to really be open. And at the same time, they have the public health on the other side saying, look, you know, we have to batten down the hatches because mm. this pandemic is getting out of control. Um, but, you know, it's it's whether we want to protect the health of our economy uh, or health of our nation or the economy. And it's a bit of a tricky one for the mm. government. I, it? And
1: you mentioned the inter county games. I mean, if you think about meeting your mother in the garden uh, and compare that to the Meath footballers jumping all over each other or the Dublin footballers, for that matter, uh, I mean, it beggars yeah, belief. Uh, I think,
2: I think isn't, there, isn't there, I think one of the matches is a, a, a home game in Derry. So, you know, you're going to have a county heading up <laughs> to Derry, which is an yeah. absolute mm. hotspot. You know, it's just. I think, you know, untenable that these matches should be happening um, at, at this stage. Would the you season. ask
1: the county players uh, to make their own decisions on, on this and uh, to consider not going?
2: There's a poll, isn't there? I think the GAA mm, has been mm, given mm, a poll to mm. complete today as to what they want to do, so um, perhaps the GA might be guided by that, but I think the government is going to have to be a little bit more directive in that, uh, you know, and, mm. you know, it's, I know people want the GA and everything to be on, uh, and it's Good for morale, etc., etc. But you know, this is a critical time at this pandemic, and we have to, I think, you know, accept that we're going mm. to really have to increase restrictions for the time being if we want to be able to meet family at Christmas, for example.
1: Yeah, well, we're going to have to. I know. That. I mean, they're they're telling you not to go and. Uh meet people in their houses. Uh, There's a lot of people who are living on their own, particularly elderly people who are living on their own. uh, And that really does call into question, what are we going to do at Christmas?
2: Mm, I know. Christmas is coming. And Mm. if you want businesses to be open at Christmas, if you want to be able to visit your family at Christmas or have a, a, you know, small family gatherings, you know, uh, we have to accept increased restrictions now. And I think the government Mm. really has to put their foot down and, you know, uh, move us to, the whole country to level five Um, for
1: a period of weeks. And it's up to the government, uh, but as you said, it looks as though there'll be no action of of that sort from government for the next week, so you'd ask people uh, to uh, behave in a way as if we were on level five. Uh, You're... uh, obviously somebody uh, who understands uh, what these public health experts are are saying better than most of us. Uh, And when you hear the trajectory that we're on and uh, the forecast that Professor Philip Nolan is giving to us uh, as an epidemiologist, uh, what does that say to you? And What does that make you feel like saying to our listeners to conclude this morning?
2: Well, to conclude this morning, we are on a trajectory which, if we don't stop it, is going to, you know, have considerable effects on the health of this population um, and on the economy eventually, because uh, we're going to have to go to level five. So, so you know, behave responsibly. Look again at the public health guidance about self-isolating the symptoms with self restriction of household contacts. Um, look again and guide yourself uh, according to that and, you know, behave as if we're in level five. It's, it's still all the same message, social distancing, wearing a mask and reducing social contact.
1: I thought Tony Holland put it uh, pretty well uh, in saying you can't expect the government to blow your nose for you. Exactly. Uh, we'll leave it there for the moment. Thank you, as always. Uh, it's uh, very much appreciated. Uh, that's uh, Dr. Mary Scully, GP, with uh, the Abbey House Medical Centre in Navan.
0: Michael, Michael Reed on, on LMFM. FM.
2: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact...